Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Hope your Thursday is going well. We always love our conversations with Lewis Riddick, who does a great job covering the National Football League for ESPN. And uh, I'm sure uh, he's going to start ramping up his draft work. Oh, yes. Uh, now that the uh, offseason, at least for teams like the Bears, um, we're in our playoff coverage. But uh, teams like the Bears, and soon we'll get to the Combine and some of these, uh, the Senior Bowl and everything like that and the Pro Days. Uh, as we get closer to all of that, uh, Lewis Riddick, kind enough to join us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. What's going on, Lewis? What's up, man? How you guys doing? We're hanging in there. I mean, it's uh, it's an argument these days with Bears fans. I think you've experienced that a time or two with us. <laughs> yeah, you know what? For some, yeah, yeah, but see, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we've had we've had a few disagreements, dude. We had a few disagreements, but it's all it's all good. They're people are crazy, Lewis. People are crazy these days. I know it. I know it. It's all good, though. Yep. All right. So, if this was your job on the line, and uh, one day you're going to be the general manager of a team, they're going to be lucky to have you. If this is your job on the line, and this is going to dictate how you're going to be viewed uh, going forward. And you've got the number one pick, and, and it's because you made a hell of a trade too. But it's a legacy yeah. pick here, and and, yeah. and you can go with Justin Fields and trade down and get uh, another great haul and continue to build around him, or you can go with Caleb Williams with that number one pick. Which way are you going? <laughs> hey, well, look. All right, let, let me just start with the with the latter. Right, so. Everybody, everybody loves Caleb Williams. Look, I, I love Caleb Williams on tape. He's different. Okay, he, he's different. He's quick, great arm strength, mobility in the pocket, throw on the move, field vision, confidence, tough. He's got it all, right? And then, of course, I hear that you know Cliff Kingsbury is being interviewed in Chicago, and Cliff coached him at SC last year. So you know, people start going, "Oh boy, here we go. Here, here comes the all right." I don't know what kind of person Caleb Williams is. He may be the greatest kid in the world, so I don't know. So, look, and I, and I think a lot of times when you're talking about taking a quarterback at that pick, at the number one overall pick, you can't really definitively say whether or not we're just having the talk here on a radio show or whether we're actually sitting in the draft room. You can't really say definitively if you're going to go all in, especially at that pick, at that position, unless you know more about the kid yeah. or the young man. All right, so, but on tape, he is the truth. And I'd want him on my football team, no doubt about that. But, all right, so why, why did Chicago get rid of all the people that they got rid of? Them? Why did they clean out the offensive side of the ball? Why? Okay, so if they really thought that this was just a Justin Fields issue, then the, the coaching staff would still be there on the offensive side. They'd still be there. They'd say, look, we just need to get somebody else. We just need to get somebody else in here because he's not the guy. I think they're just, I think they're right now going, was the problem more what was being told to him, how it was being taught to him, how it was being corrected, how he was being brought along, or is it him? And I'll tell you what, if you look at Atlanta at the Atlanta game, mm-hmm. 
okay, and you look at the Green Bay game, you see a guy who, honestly, you, you tell me what Justin Fields can't do. You tell me what he can't do. If you look at now, I understand that we can cherry pick whatever game you want. But he developed a hell of a rapport with DJ. He developed a hell of a rapport with Cole. The offensive line, Darnell, right, they're, they're coming along. They're physical up front. They need to get Darnell Moody, you know, and take him out of witness protection and get <laughs> and, and, and actually get some more weapons on the perimeter with, with DJ. Continue to have Cole Komet be who he is. Continue to build out this roster offensively around him and get an offensive coaching staff that obviously you believe in much more than you did the previous staff. Because, other, again, if you thought it was just Justin and you thought you were just deficient at the quarterback position, why the hell would you get rid of your entire offensive staff? Why would you? So, look, based off of what I see with him, the rapport he has with the skill position players that they have right now, and what they did as far as changing the coaching staff, that leads me to believe from the outside looking in that they believe more the issue was what was happening around him than what is happening with him. And I'm Look, you, you know, we've had this conversation. I've been back and forth on this. Like, like, what the hell is going on? Why doesn't he always look comfortable? Why does the game plan sometimes seem to really not be fitting what he does best? Why does sometimes he look jammed up? Why are things not clicking for him? Maybe they were seeing the same things. Maybe they were thinking the same way. Lewis, that he's let, better than what he's showing. Let me ask so you. I would, I'll let me just finish my, my answer just by saying this. I'm leaning towards I, I would want to keep him. Trade down, get a absolute just track their trailer hall and then go to work as far as team building and build a juggernaut. Could absolutely because you better do you better build a juggernaut, especially with the way that division's looking. Could they have made the decision to move off of Luke Getzey Getze because they thought a he wasn't the right guy to get Justin to where they wanted him to be, and b if they go down the other path, he's not the guy to develop the first overall pick in the draft. It could be, yeah, two things could be true. Two things could be true. And you know what? Again, when you start trying to follow the breadcrumbs and read the tea leaves or whatever kind of fancy analogy you want to use, if you start snooping around Cliff Kingsbury, who knows Caleb Williams intimately, well, not intimately, personally, professionally, you start to think, now, why are they in particular going and snooping around him? It's just all it, it, look. Sometimes the simplest explanation is the right one. Well, most times it is, and maybe that is what they're thinking. I don't know. This, this, I, I I think though, what I saw at the end of the year, and I've never spent a day with Justin Fields in a meeting room on a practice field in the weight room, training room, locker room. I've never spent a day, but just watching him the, the last half of this season and the last two weeks in particular. If I was playing arm, well, I am playing armchair GM, hmm. sitting on my couch GM, I'd be going, I don't know if I want to trade that away. What, which, I don't know if I want to get rid of that. Which decision carries the bigger risk? Both of them are risky because if you stick with Justin and you try to build with him and you don't get the improvement, and I don't mean marginal improvement, if you keep mm-hmm. him and go forward with him, you're expecting dramatic improvement and he will be the guy that helps you get to where you want to go. Where is there more risk? Is it that you make the decision to stick with Justin and ultimately he doesn't become the guy that you want him to be and maybe Caleb Williams goes on to, to play like C.J. Stroud has? Or is the bigger mm-hmm. risk 
going with the young guy first overall, foregoing the opportunity to trade the pick and build your team elsewhere? Where's the bigger risk? Well, no, you only can really answer that that question if you have firsthand knowledge about, I think, ultimately what really does determine success or failure more so um what would would primarily determine success or failure, probably even more so than physical talent, and that is makeup, intelligence, commitment to the game, and only the people there know whether or not they feel Justin has that. Okay, so if he has that, and I, have, I mean, I don't have any reason, reason to believe that he doesn't, then knowing that, I would keep him. I would say the bigger risk is bringing in someone who I don't know how he's going to react in my environment. I don't know how he is going to commit himself to the pro game. I, I'm making a an educated guess, which is, and I'm, I'm trying to reduce the risk of being wrong, which is what everyone's trying to do when they draft players. If I were to draft Caleb Williams, but I don't know. I do know what kind of commitment Justin has. I do know how he how he jives with the people in this locker room. I do know what kind of leader he is. I do know how he throws the speed out and how he throws the bang eight and how he throws the nine ball and what, and what and what routes he likes to throw to and what routes he doesn't and how he does handle protections and how he doesn't, how he picks up blitzes, how he does. I do know all that. So if all of that I'm sitting there going, I think we can get that even better and better and better. We just need someone who can put him in those positions more and more consistently and on top of the fact that we could add a bunch of young players just like they did in Green Bay for Jordan Love. We could get a gang of young tight ends, you know, interchangeable wide receivers, let them grow with Justin. Justin's still young, develop that kind of almost collegial college atmosphere that Green Bay seems to have on offense, where all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's boom, it's taken off. But if I don't trust him, then obviously the risk is keeping him and passing on a guy like Caleb who, from the outside looking in, when we watch him, we're going, yeah. That kid kind of looks like a like like one of those you know every once in a while guys. You don't they don't come along very often because he's got that kind of skill. But we we know this, Tommy. We know this, Sylvie. We know this about football. Okay, the competitive advantage for players. The difference in Tommy. You know this better than anybody. The difference between average to good, good to great, great to Hall of Fame is about consistency. And consistency comes from repetitive behavior in terms of your work ethic and the time that you put in, what kind of teammates you are, all that stuff. They know whether or not Justin has that. I don't know what that about Caleb right now. I know this is kind of like getting one of those things where you're, where you're kind of like, you know, you're going through all these machinations in your brain to try and figure out what's the bigger risk. But what the hell do you think they're doing in there? At how oh, yeah. yeah, for, for sure. That's exactly what they're yeah. doing. Because this is huge. This is huge one way or another. You keep them and you hit and you get all these draft picks, you're set up for the next 10 years. You keep them and you miss, you're getting fired. <laughs> you, you, right? That's true. You, oh, you're you, right. You get, you're right. Okay, you get, you get rid of him, he goes somewhere else, like let's say Atlanta, and turns a place around, they get a coach in there who just turns, like the next thing you know you're going, damn it, that's what I thought we would get if we had him with, around a different group of people. And you're getting fired in that case too. And you're damn sure getting fired if you bring Caleb Williams in there. He doesn't like the team. The team doesn't like him for some odd reason. He doesn't, you know, he just doesn't kind of really ingratiate himself with the city of Chicago, with the organization. With the, and that, so, look, this is this is why they pay those guys what they pay them. This is why people who are in these positions um, have that kind of like just 
enormous pressure on them when you're talking about the number one overall pick, all of that cap space, all the different moves that you can make with this, and you're trying to figure out whether my first-round quarterback, who I didn't pick, but still a first-round quarterback who has shown flashes of being one of the most unique threats in the NFL, should I trade him away and, and go and get another one? Who I think is going to be pretty darn good based off of what he did, but I'm not quite sure because we never spent any time with it. Yep, Lou- it's a great position to be in. Oh yeah, yeah it yeah, is. Yeah, Lewis Riddick joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. To that, I I said a few weeks ago, like I have sports nightmares about Justin <laughs> leaving town and becoming gray. I also yep. have I also have a sports nightmare of not drafting Caleb Williams and him becoming yep. great. And, and and to that end, Lewis, like. You know, you know our our, our real life nightmare. Um, we drafted the Bears did uh, Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. Uh, mm-hmm. we, the Bears elected to trade down. I thought it was the right move at the time uh, instead of drafting uh, 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 CJ Stroud. Stroud. And yep. now, if they pass up Caleb Williams and he mm-hmm. becomes a star, a star, mm-hmm. and you pass on Mahomes, CJ, mm-hmm. and Caleb. Mm-hmm. And we've mm. never had one. Mm. I don't mm. know what I'm going to do, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you, I, I can hear your voice getting more and more defiant as you were going through that. If we pass on Patrick and CJ yeah. and Caleb, I get it. I get it. But see, here's the thing. I told him here's to move to Green Bay and be a Packer mm. fan because they got that <laughs> locked right. up for the third but straight you know time. What? But you know what? Here, here's the discipline, right, internally. And I know fans won't have this kind of discipline because they don't want to hear this, what I'm about to say. All they care about is the end result. They don't care about how you reach this end result. They just, but here's the discipline. Just because Patrick has turned into what he has turned into there, doesn't mean he would have been that for you. Okay? It's not like skill sets and success are not just automatically transferable from one team to the next to the next to the next. We've seen this. And we know better than this, but what happens is when we let one get away, we think, oh, we could have had that. But who says you could have? But like Waddle always says, but, but, but like Waddle always says, he would have been better than Mitch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, that's true. Yeah, he's that's still going to be good. That is, that is true. Okay, yeah. that is true. Okay, and I guess there, there's levels to it, right? And, and, I, and I get it. I'm saying like internally, the discipline when that kind of thing happens is like – you have to discipline yourself to not worry about what happens with, about the ones that got away. But like, how did you mess up the one that you have? Because maybe if you would have brought the one that got away into your building, maybe you would have messed him up too. You know, you know. See, see, there's a very fine line with that. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And this is where you have to rely on the information that you have on Justin. Like you, you have to literally comb through the information with like a fine, fine tooth comb and say, hey, look, do we have the guy, but we just didn't have the situation right yet? Or do we not have the guy and we don't have the situation right yet? So that's why we have to start over with a, you know, with a blank canvas on the offensive side of the ball. And we've completed half of that with getting rid of the coaching staff. Let's complete the other half by moving him along and bringing in who what looks like to be you know, the bell of the ball, so to speak, in Caleb Williams. You know what, start that you, way. You know what, Lewis? I, I don't think like the, I don't think any of their questions up there have to do with who he is because everyone who's m- met him and knows him and watches how he carries himself, everyone knows that Justin's a great teammate. He's a hard worker. He's a good li- uh, leader. I think their questions up there are, 
if we surround him with whoever else is, you know, we're going to add to our huddle, yeah. and we bring in an offensive coordinator, yeah. will he function in the pocket better? Will mm-hmm. will will he deliver the ball quicker? Will he do all the stuff that he needs to do, regardless of the offense we put him in to get to where we're going to go? So I guess my my question to you would be. If you keep Justin, what is your offense going to look like? I'm afraid that this is what I'd be afraid of is is if you bring in somebody like that try like Greg Roman that tries to say, okay, we're going to do with him what what the the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson, and then you find out. Look, Lamar threw 36 touchdown passes in his second season. Lamar's thrown for 3,700 yards this year. Lamar's a better football player than our guy. So to mm-hmm. think that automatically he's going to turn into Lamar or Josh Allen or anybody else, what is this offense going to look like if they decide to move forward with him? Because it's not going to be another West Coast Shanahan LaFleur type of offense. Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, like, look, do you see what they're doing with Jordan Love in Green Bay? Yeah, right. unfortunately, we okay. watch it. And it's it's just like another stings. nightmare. Why do you got to bring up another okay. nightmare? <laughs> right. Okay, but my, my point being this. You see how they put him under center. Yes. You see how they create opportunities for him by scheme, by what is almost stealing in today's game. It was stealing in our day back in the 90s. How they use, move the pocket, different types of play action, ball handling, um, how they attack all three levels of the field with different flood concepts, how they utilize the run game, how they utilize the screen game, how they've injected that offense into, you know, in, uh, with a bunch of young, dynamic, diverse, complementary pieces on the. Justin hasn't had any of that. Justin was throwing like one damn, you know, wide receiver screen after another, a tight end screen after another. Every once in a while, he'd throw the ball down. Every once in a while, they'd get, you know, DJ in an advantageous situation. They'd hit him on a, on a big, you know, deep in cut or a go route. Or they would, it, was just, it was just all over the place. It, was, it didn't have – and I heard Adam Stenovich talking about this offensive coordinator, you know, for, for Green Bay. And I, I don't mean to torture Chicago fans with what Green Bay's doing. <laughs> but you know what? He said, you know what? With Jordan – because he does what we ask him to do, and he trusts what we're asking him to do, and we, he trusts the fact that we're trying to set him up for success with the sequence of calls that we put come in there, and he's not changing stuff at the line like Aaron did. He, we're not sitting going back and watching the film going, well, what the hell are we even running here? Because that's not what was called, because Aaron was changing this and that. He goes, they, they think that a lot of Jordan's success is because of the structure that they're putting him in and how they're trying to build plays off of one another and how the team is structured around them, along with his athletic ability and his just natural quarterbacking ability. Why couldn't, why couldn't Justin Fields have that same kind of setup? Well, Getsy came from that system. Now, again, I, I know, but you know what? Coming from the same system doesn't mean you know this. Right. I mean, I there's know. a lot of guys who come from the same system. That, that doesn't mean they can execute the system the same way. That's very true. Yes. And they can't teach it the same way. Obviously, you know, um, Matt LaFleur obviously kind of maybe teaches this thing a little bit differently, or, or, or he's able to communicate it a little bit differently. And the offensive line, the running backs, the wide receivers as a group, it's all, and, and, you know, and on, and on top of it, look, Jordan had the benefit of sitting behind a guy who, although he ran his variation of it, he had the benefit of really learning 
what this looks like from day to day, week to week, month to month, from one of the greatest of all time. So there was a lot of things that went right for him that Justin has never, ever had the ability to sit back and watch and learn from. It's been a total cluster F for him. <laughs> total. Yeah, that's a, so, that, I mean, he's at, he's at a disadvantage anyway. It's right? an, so, there, so there's just so many things he hasn't had the benefit absolutely. of that many other people have that you have to consider when making this decision. And you know what? It makes it all the more gut-wrenching because, as you said, you let him go, and he goes somewhere where they surround him with a rock-solid foundation and plan for developing this young man, and he takes off like wildfire, you're going to be sitting. I'm telling you. I know. You bet. Caleb Williams then better be Mahomes. Yeah, I just he better be that good. I just, I, I just want them to get it right one way. I don't care which, exactly. which way they go. I, I just have, want them to get it right. You know what? I envy them because they have so many things at their disposal. Yeah. I don't envy them because of exactly what you just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have to nail this. So, so on the trade down, Lewis, and I know we have a lot of time to talk about this, and I know you're going to dive deeper into the draft coverage, but this is still a very high-profile player. And watching the playoffs and what you were just talking about with Green Bay, then with Houston, this is something that Waddle and I have talked a lot about. A lot of Bears fans want the trade down executed, but only down to three. Because therefore, uh, like a team like New England and the Commanders get their quarterback, and then the Bears at three are in position to take Marvin Harrison Jr. But we have watched like Bo Melton and Romeo Dobbs in Green Bay. We've watched Nico Collins and Tank Dell in Houston be good enough for those young quarterbacks. Puka Nakua with the Rams, who was drafted in the fifth round. He is so good, Marvin Harrison Jr. I would want him on the Bears, no doubt. But do you need that good of a wide receiver, or can you trade down further for an even bigger haul and still do well at wide receiver? Well, obviously you you can. <laughs> um, but again, look, okay, let's just take Puka, for instance, all right? If you're telling me you're going to have a quarterback developer and play caller and quarterback like Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford and then a guy like Cooper Cup who can help bring that wide receiver along and kind of teach him how this is how we do it here and you have a breakfast club type of situation established that they have in L.A. where Matthew and Cooper and McVay and whoever else and now Puka and all those guys are going in there at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. every day and just kind of going into the lab then, yeah, I'd say, okay, well, if you believe you have that, then, hey, take your shot. Move down further then. But you remember who you're – now, let's, let's, let's think about now who we're talking about passing up as far as if you move down below three, you know, in this hypothetical situation. Marvin Harrison, when I went to see C.J. Stroud last year in Columbus for his pro day, as good as C.J. was – and as much as everybody loves C.J. Stroud, and rightfully so, because he was the best quarterback in that draft, and that was said by me before the draft, everyone there was watching Marvin Harrison Jr. that day. Because they were like, damn, <laughs> look at this guy. Like, when is he come? Can he come out this year? 
This is a dude who knew he was maybe look if if wide receiver was considered like one. And you know there may come a time there may come wide receiver is going to be a number one pick at some point in time in the future. Because I had a coach tell me this year, like other than quarterback in today's game, in today's game with their ability to change the the, the complexion of a game at a moment's notice with the explosiveness and the explosive plays that wide receivers can create, wide receiver. A wide receiver will go number one before it's all said and done. Marvin Harrison, right now, he may be the most one of the most lethal weapons to come out in the draft in a long, long, long time at wide receiver. So, do you really want to pass that up? The dude is. I mean, I, I hate when we use the word "can't miss" because you can miss on anyone. But Marvin damn near is can't miss. I mean, I, I can't wait to dig into this process and try and find the flaw with him. Don't see any. Makeup, injury history, dependability, durability, skill set, route tree, hands, run after the catch, whatever. Inside, outside, X, Z, E, you put them at anything. You can do whatever you want. Isn't that exactly what you want for Justin? Well, I would think you Isn't would that want exactly that for anybody, yeah. I mean, You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Tommy, you know this better than me, man. I mean, you played the position. You know you know what it takes. I know I couldn't do what he does. <laughs> and you know what? I know I, and I know I wouldn't want to be the one lined up across him because yeah. I'd be saying this. Hey, safety, where you at? Yeah. Where you at? Yeah. No, I, I don't have him. You got him. I don't have him. You that's got right. him. So, I mean, do you really want to pass that up? Because that's, that's what he needs. What? That's what he the, Him and DJ and, and Cole and, and Darnell. I mean, come on now. Now, now we're... Now we're working with something. Let me ask you a question in terms of position, the value of the position or the importance of the position. Like, he's going to be better at his position probably than anybody else in the draft. Maybe even Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever, however you feel about the quarterbacks. But based on the – do you think a left tackle, an offensive left tackle, is a more important void to fill than a receiver? Is a pass rusher? Is a three technique? At what point if you may (laughs) – you know, you may have somebody as a left tackle not graded as high at his position as Marvin Harrison Jr., but the need for left tackle or the importance of the position, do you have it ranked higher than receiver? Would it affect the way you would draft? Yeah, that that's – see, philosophically, everybody's going to look at this different, all right? So um, I personally would probably – you know, my, my ranking has always been uh, quarterback, pass rusher, D.C., O.T., wide receiver. So it's always been right. quarterback, pass rusher, corner, offensive tackle, wide receiver. And that, now, I've adjusted that. I probably even moved wide receiver above tackle because of today's game. And I'll, and I'll, say, and I'll tell you why. Because now, especially with the way defenses look, you don't have to just keep your edge rushers on the perimeter all the time. I mean, people walk them inside and line them up as threes and as fours or even as ones and, and just say, hey, look, we're going to try and get you singled up on this guard or this center. And we're going to, because it's, I mean, look what they do with Micah, right? So if you really believe, like I believe in the old philosophy of you got to build this thing strong down the middle, inside out. So quarterback, center, three tech, off ball backer, you know, like a Fred Warner, uh, Safety, um, is that is that how does, is tackle? Although it's important, is it still like do you still prioritize it as high 
as maybe you did before, you know, and you know, traditionally. I don't know. And, and see, with wide receiver, because of the fact that now, you know, the game, the number one thing that everybody wants to be able to do, and believe me, don't get me wrong here, I know you have to be strong on the line to scrimmage. There's no question about that. But if Marvin Harris is, is sticking out, like if you look across your board horizontally, you know, if you have this hypothetical board on a wall and you have the positions lined up across the board, one through 22, and you see this wide receiver and you have all these first-round players across the board, but this wide receiver is, is up there. I mean, he's above, you know, significantly above the highest-graded offensive tackle, who's also a, you know, you have him graded as a first-round talent. Especially based on today's game, and when you start thinking about what's the next best alternative at that tackle position, can I get another tackle that I believe can hold it down, especially in terms of, we want to build this thing strong down the middle, inside out, and we'll be able to take care of that position sufficiently. But we can't let this difference maker go who can rip off plus 20-yard plays and win us a game on one throw, one catch, one big play, one red zone, you know, high point the ball over the DB said, Do we really want to let go of that guy? Because that's what the game, you, you have to have him. Because remember, this quarterback back here that right now that we're saying we're going to ride with, he needs more dudes. I don't think I could pass him up. I, I don't think I could pass him up, especially how philosophically I think you need to build a football team now and how my, my, my mind is always shifting in terms of how would I want to construct it now. And offensive tackle is important as hell. There's no, I mean, we know this, but Marvin's different, and mm. especially in this situation. Interesting. Before we let you go, Lewis, and we really appreciate your time, of the OCs that we know they have interviewed, or maybe you want to go mm-hmm. off the board, uh, I'll read you them. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Zach Robinson, Marcus Brady, Thomas Brown, Greg Roman, Greg Olson, Liam Cohn, Clint Kubiak, and Shane Waldron. Do you have a favorite? That's interesting. Listen to the ones that they – okay, so Cliff, Clint Kubiak, Liam Cohn. You realize they're all from the Shanahan McVay. Yes, yes. Most of them. Yes. Shane Waldron. Yes. Okay, and Shane, right, who was out there in Seattle. Okay, so clearly <laughs> they're saying we still like that system. Right. <laughs> okay? Jordan loves running that system and ripping people a new one. So there's, there's okay, look, that system's still pretty good now. So of those dudes, Thomas Brown, too, because Thomas was what? Thomas was running back coach out in, uh, in L.A. before he went to Carolina. Mm-hmm. Although in Carolina, he's just kind of getting swallowed up in that morass down there. Hmm. But yeah, I, I think I, 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 could, I couldn't give you an answer. I, I need to. And I talked to Clint before in production meetings. Thomas Brown, I've heard nothing but great things about. Shane is a great dude. Talked to him when we did some Seattle games. Um, never talked to Liam. But I've heard he's fantastic. As a matter of fact, you know, down in Kentucky, they hated the fact that, you know, that they that he left, and then um, Will Levis didn't have the benefit of his last year with Liam. That's a good group right there, and Cliff, you know, that's a good group. That I, I can't I can't rank them right now. You know what? Next time I come on, but it's a good. And we'll do this. Yeah. We'll do this again before the draft. I'll I'll tell you. Who they're doing pick. good work by bringing these guys in. You like the group they brought in for sure. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, Lewis, if do. you and again, this is all fluid right now. But if you had to today, I know what you said you would do if you were in charge. 
Give us a mm-hmm. prediction on what you think today, and it may change. What do you think as of today? I don't even know what today is. Is it January 18th? Something like that. Today, yeah. if you had to predict what you think the Bears will do with Ryan Poles having this, this decision and the assets mm-hmm. he has at his disposal and take mm-hmm. into consideration what they've gone through, what they did last year, and everything. If you just had to make a prediction right now, what, which direction do you think they would go? Right now... <laughs> Right now, I think they'd go with keeping Justin. Okay, so you think that they would move forward yeah. with Justin? I, I'll tell you what. I, I don't. I don't look. They, they haven't lost faith in that in that West Coast style offense. Okay, they haven't lost faith in. And look at all the dudes they're bringing in that are direct descendants of that. So they still like it. They obviously still like it philosophically. And how could you not? How could you not? But not everybody can teach it the exact you know the same way. I mean, it, you, you know this, right? I mean. And it has different variations, too. I mean, and it is a good system. It is. I've heard Mike McDaniel talk about it. I've sat and talked to Sean about it and listened to Kyle talk about it. I was with Andy and listened to him talk about it. it everybody has their different things. So they still like it. Yeah. And I, and I do think that Justin can thrive in it. I think he could thrive in it in the same way that Jordan Love is thriving in it. But he, like I said, and we know this, and people in Chicago need to understand, Jordan Love has had a much more stable, methodical textbook upbringing in the NFL. Justin's has been awful. Awful. <laughs> you can't compare the two. You just can't. You, you, you yep. know that this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, their, their situations aren't even the same, so I don't even know how you can really compare the two unless you just want to... Look, everybody wants change, right? Everybody wants the newest, latest, greatest thing. And sometimes I think Justin gets caught up in that vortex. Everybody just wants change. Like, hey, you know what? Start over. Give me another quarterback. Like you can, like you can change him out. Like you change out your fantasy quarterback. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. But as, again, I'll end by saying this though: as exciting of a time this is to sit and debate and talk about it, and it's a fantastic conversation. I think from the beginning of this conversation to the end, I'm sitting there going. Hell, I'm like getting worked up sitting here thinking about like this decision. Like, what what I do? Like, how how do you? I know that Ryan Poles and, and those guys are sitting there going, "Okay, boys, we can't mess this up. This is an opportunity of a lifetime that can set us up, just like it set up that team up there up north of us. When people were telling Brian Gutekinds that he screwed that up, they screwed it up." Jordan Love will never be. Remember when Jordan Love started the game down in Kansas City a few years ago? Mm-hmm. And people were like, yep, he stinks. Mm-hmm. Look at him. He stinks. <laughs> that was me. Yeah, Sylvie's been <laughs> no, saying I, that now. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't mean to say that, you know, to, to kind of rub, because look, we've all done that. But if they hit it, they may have that dude, if they can, like, just establish the structure and the foundation around him the same way they did. And that division is going to be wild fun, man. Wild fun. And you have to get it right because of what Green Bay's doing, because of the way things look in Detroit. And we'll see what happens in Minnesota. Lewis, great stuff. Keep killing it. it. We appreciate you. Thank Thanks, you. Lewis. Of course, dudes. All right, later. He's the best. Lewis Reddick. That was that was almost 40 minutes with Lewis yeah. Reddick. I mean, just, just really good stuff. Did he surprise you? Uh, no. He no, surprised no, no. me. Did he? He surprised me. I mean, like, I... I... 
Not really, no. Two days of surprises uh, what, at this what, time. What, what surprises me is, is like, I don't, I'm just in a different camp. If, in fact, you're going to move forward with Justin, I don't believe they're going to move forward with Justin with an offense that looks like the one in Green Bay. I just don't think it panders to his skill set. And that offense, ball's coming out quick. The ball's being thrown before guys are getting out of breaks. The balls are being thrown on the other side of a linebacker. It's just not what Justin has done well. Now, I, I agree with, with what Lewis said. The, the, the Atlanta game and even the Green Bay game, when, you know, they, they only scored nine points against Green Bay. But that wasn't, I didn't think Justin played poorly. Their offensive line was a disaster in that game. Um, but to run that offense, there's a specific style for that. And yes. I just don't think I've seen that style. And that's not the route I would go. If I was doing this and I decided to keep Justin because I wasn't convinced that anybody in the draft was worth taking with the first overall pick, I'm not going to try to make him fit into the Green Bay offense again with just a better coordinator. It's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Because I just don't don't think it fits his skill set. If you watch how those guys play that, that style, and it's just a choice of styles, it's just different. Like, it's, it's not, you're not holding the ball forever. You're not holding the ball and creating time and then getting to the edge and then keeping your eyes downfield and making plays off-platform. There's some off-platform stuff, but most of the stuff that happens in that offense is totally on-platform. He, he had really good stuff, too, on Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes. I've been pretty adamant that I don't think you need to I'm draft him. Like, if yeah. you want to trade down, but that was... Pretty convincing. And He's then, majestic as a as a potential I pick. Yeah. I get it. And then the uh, the OC stuff was reassuring that they have yeah. they've talked to a good group of of OCs, and who knows how many more they're going to continue to interview. Again, I, in in a lot of what we've talked to, whether it was Brock Heward yesterday or or talking to Lewis now, a lot of it is the feeling that you know what you have in terms of a person. And as a player and as a teammate, in terms of the, 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 you know, the, the makeup, how the guys constitute it, right? Like, do I want, do I want to take the sacks? No. Do I want to clean up all this? Yes. I want to clean up that stuff. But as, as a teammate, as a leader, as a guy in the building and everything else, everybody's on the same page there. It's all good. All of that stuff, uh, is good. It goes back to what you and I have said all along. I still believe if they are comfortable with all of their investigative work the film study the meet and greet all of the background all of that stuff if they are convinced it's okay it's a green light go then i think they have to make that pick and go forward with that if you have any indecision you you don't know what you're getting into then i totally understand why you would trade the pick and move forward with the justin and then even with that like it doesn't mean that that marriage is going to last forever. No, you you would you're, create you're, you're an equipped, out. You're equipped yes. with with enough capital yes. to trade back up in a year or two if Justin Correct. doesn't pan out. Yes, it's you're not. Just, yes, you would still have some flexibility. And in the meantime, what you have is you have a better football team across the board. Yeah, we're going to cross talk uh, with Joniak. He's got Bears Weekly coming up. It's really good stuff uh, at six. I got to tell Joniak too. My, Waddle wants me to tell him my dream from last night. 
You, oh, yeah, you know definitely. you're working too much when you have a work dream. Uh, and I had one of the weirder work dreams yesterday, and it involved Joniak. I had I was hitting golf balls at a range in my dream last oh, night. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, that yeah, means you've got to go golfing. Well, it just means I wasn't worrying about work. Yeah, this was a weird uh, work dream that I had, and I, I want to hear what Joniak thinks. Uh, we'll talk to Joniak coming up next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Is Joniak uh, ready to go? We got Bears Weekly coming up. Yeah, I miss Joniak this week. Last time we talked to him, he uh, dropped a curse word on the air, did he? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully maybe he be better prepared or more, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, more uh, disciplined today? We got the, uh, we, we doubled the delay time oh, we for did. Bears Weekly. Smart now. move yes. by us. Smart Management uh, has that in, uh, in effect. Bears Weekly coming up at 6 o'clock. And since we don't get to see Joniak now in person, this is the first week that we, we're not. Um, we th- we said we would cross talk with him right yeah. now. What's up, Love Jeff? It. Like it? Look at look at look at us. Look at us back together. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I've cleaned up my act. I've gone to the confessional. I've Excellent. done my penance, and here I am. You know I can't quit you, even when you do swear on the air. <laughs> I know hey, it's a love fest, but yes. that that really that thing took off like wildfire. And yeah. uh, it, it, when I saw the when the I video saw it went viral. Tape, I literally was crying, laughing. Unbelievable. What, what day, kind of guy What, what am I? day was that when that happened? What when, was the date? Was that Wednesday? That Last was a Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, yeah, so like a, a calendar 2024 event. There's nothing that will happen on this show for the <laughs> remainder of calendar 2024 that will light my candle like that. That did. Nah, let's not. Don't don't peek too soon, no, Tommy. No, Come on. No. Don't peek too that soon. Was, we, no. got a, we got a lot of calendar left, buddy. There's okay, a lot more well, of me you coming. Better, you better bring it then when it comes I'm bringing to outrageousness. It. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. You, nah, you, you better bring it. You want to hear this? You bring it. You bring it. You bring it. I ain't going to bring it. You bring it. How are you guys? First Good. of all, you, you enjoy this? I had a dream about you last night. Oh, my goodness. You were wearing really? those $800 loafers and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, that's this, is the, this is the impact that you and, more importantly, Thayer has had. Uh-huh. Like, I told this to, to, to Waddle, and he's like, you have to tell this on the air. And at first, I didn't. I didn't want to tell it. But, but just about the story. Is, is it creepy? It's weird. Yeah. It's, okay. it's not creepy, but it's weird. Because because of the couple of times that Thayer has mentioned that he's roughed you up uh, a little bit. We were in an event in front of a crowd, and Thayer got pissed at you, and, 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 and he hit you. And then, like, one punch led into several punches, and he started wailing on you. <laughs> We had to we had to call the police on oh, Thayer. Gosh. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Like he snapped. It, in other words, yeah. we need a dream evaluator. <laughs> he snapped. How did I? How did I come through it? That's a better it, question. It, it, it ended. Then it was uh, like the dream ended. But like we with, had with Joniak laying in a pool of his own yeah, blood. We were all panicking that Thayer had snapped. Call the police. Call the police. He's he's hey. beating up Joniak. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to you, Sylvie. Be on your P's and Q's. Yeah, you're going to get the beating that snaps next. That happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't have a scratch on me, so thank goodness. That's good. Yeah. That's good. By the way, Crosstalk brought to you by Steinhoffels for Chicagoland locations all around Chicago and uh, the, the newest one right by the airport in Harwood Heights.
So uh, what do you think of the uh, candidates uh, for OC so far? Quite the cross-section. Uh, obviously, a lot of Shanahan uh, influence, obviously, in, in this collection, if they're all accurate in terms of who's interviewing and who might. Uh, the Cliff Kingsbury one, you know, that was on everybody's short list, given the, the potential number one quarterback, obviously, from USC. So that emerging today as a likely-to-interview candidate. And, uh, hey, I saw something on uh, one of the sites that I look at getting ready for the Senior Bowl, and, you know, scouting never ends. And so that includes uh, maybe talking to that guy no matter what because of what you need to invest in terms of intelligence on the USC quarterback, Caleb uh, Williams. So. Do you connect any dots with these guys, or you just think this is a full exercise of due diligence and turning over every stone and researching everything? Yeah, looks like box checking going on here, you know, making sure that they uh, do their due diligence on a lot of different philosophies and a lot of styles, different ages, obviously, here. As I'm looking at my list, they range from age 36 to age 60. And so there's a lot of young youngins in there in the 30s, guys that uh, really don't have a ton of offensive coordinator experience, call them plays. Uh, I'm leaning more towards having an experienced offensive play caller, uh, hopefully, and that's my own two cents for what it's worth. Uh, it doesn't mean a, a first-timer couldn't do it, but I, I would like that. And, uh, you know, I, I do like, hey, listen, who doesn't? I See, I still love, love the run of the game and setting it up the passing game. So a lot of these... Uh, coaches have done just that in their careers. So uh, there's a strong influence here. The Bears were number one last year, number two this year. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with Justin Fields, but I think they'd still like to maintain that kind of uh, avenue towards success. If, in fact, they go the route of like somebody off the Shanahan tree or the LaFleur tree or whatever it is like that, Jeff, do you think you would connect the dots and think that they were going in a different direction with the first overall pick versus like if Greg Roman comes to town we know that there's a guy that has had tremendous success with a dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, I can't connect the dots yet because I think that's going to be one of the last things on the list. You know, he said, Ryan said he's going to take it right up to April. And so it could be a situation where, you know, again, I wouldn't rule out any possibilities here. And I I, I hope they don't put themselves in a box in terms of what they want to do just yet. You know, got to research this, get the thoughts of these guys on what they think of Justin and what they think of what's available in the upcoming draft. So I think you got to ask a lot of questions. And I know Ryan Poles is big on this, getting in front of somebody, looking them in the eye, seeing what they're all about. And it's not just their, their work what they've done, what they put on tape, or what kind of reputation they have. He's got to learn for himself what he's looking at. Jeff, uh, as you mentioned, the talk, you know, what Ryan Poles said, we're going to take the quarterback decision all the way to April. When do you expect them, though, to decide on an offensive coordinator? Because these guys may be interviewing, some may be interviewing for other jobs as well. When do you think that decision will be made? I, I, I would assume sooner rather than later, right? I mean, first of all, I believe uh, 14 different teams may be looking for an offensive coach. So... Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, it's the toughest one to find in sports. I, I, I have to say it. I, it's the toughest position to hire, to keep, to grow, to maintain, to make sure it's the right philosophy that fits the entire team uh, in sports. I know that sounds ridiculous, uh, but I really, truly believe it. You, you look at somebody, for example, like a Greg Olson. Okay, Greg Olson, and I, I know him well. He, he was here in 03 as a quarterback coach, but he's been the offensive coordinator for what? The Rams, the Lions, the Bucks, the Raiders, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Vegas a second time, and a quarterback coach coming out of Seattle this year. He's bounced around. Like, guys 
it's hard to pin somebody down and grow with them. Uh, coaching changes above them impact their futures. I mean, it's it's a tough one, man. It really is. Yeah. It's a tough, tough. tough you got to get it right. That's a good summary right there. All right, Bears Weekly, uh, do you have a guest today? We're going to do a little replay of a Jaquan Brisker interview we did for Bears Game Day Live uh, towards the end of the season, so we'll have that in there. But Jim Miller and Tom there will bring all of their intelligence to the table. All right, guys. Uh, hopefully, we'll chat Jim, it up. hopefully Jim's not fighting with anybody these days either. And Tom as well. Well, I know. Well, Tom just hey, in my dreams. But... Hey, they, could, they could stir the pot a time or two. Yes, they can. I love yeah, it. Not like you guys, but if they can, I don't for know what sure. what you're talking about, mister. <laughs> Have I'll a, be looking forward to seeing you, fellas. Yes, have a great too. show, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. There's Jeff Joniak, uh, the voice of the Bears. He's great at what he does. And uh, they're coming up next. So stay tuned for that. Uh, an old friend is going to join us tomorrow. Mark Jean Greco is going to talk about his bills. Oh, I can't wait. How about that? It's going to be over the phone, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bears Weekly is next. And Abdallah from 7 to 8. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. And thank you to Lewis Riddick for joining us and Jeff Joniak. Great work by the Chuck Wagon. Chuck Wagon! Charlie Bevins and Tyler Aki. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Thursday night.